What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brand Genu Show. As you know, I am Brand Genu. And you can find my podcast on all podcast platforms, Brand Genu Show, on all podcast platforms, YouTube channel, Brand Genu Show, and of course, social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, um, Threads, Facebook, Brand Genu Show. Um, you already know, tonight is wrestling life. You already know, rate and review, baby. WWE Fastlane just went off, and I'm going to talk about all the matches, where I rated them, how I felt about them, all of that goodness. But uh, before I get into that, I got to talk about what's been going on in wrestling pretty much. I haven't done an episode on wrestling in a minute, so let's get into it. So a couple of moves have been made. Uh, last time I talked about uh, wrestling was uh, the releases in WWE. One person that has officially jump ship from WWE to AEW is the Hall of Famer, Edge. Now, listen, every time I do a wrestling life, I, t- I said personally, I say this all the time. I do not watch AEW. I am not going to make any bones about it. I don't watch it. Uh, I'd rather watch the clips than actually watch the whole fucking show. But I've realized the last couple of times I've, I've – I, like I said all the times, I watch certain wrestling uh, podcasts and stuff. And the last couple of wrestling podcasts that I've watched, I'm just, you know, sometimes. <sighs> I've said this numerous times. I'm not against AEW. I think AEW is, you know, a pretty cool, great promotion for what they do. Um, but. What I got a problem with is these wrestling podcasts that sit here and say, we're not, we love all wrestling. But then when it comes down to talking about the wrestling, you make excuses for one, but tell the other one to do better. It's like, what the fuck? And I get it. WWE's been around for 40, 50, 60 years. So I get it that. We all grew up on WWE, so sometimes we just want uh, a different narrative pretty much out there. But the problem that I have with certain people, and I got into, you know, not a thing, but I pretty much put on, uh, today I was watching somebody, I was watching a podcast, wrestling podcast that has a lot of um, viewership, and you know, I put on my comment on under the YouTube channel, and under the YouTube, the video that they had, and, you know, they do the reviews of Friday Night Smackdown and then AEW um, Rampage. So the dude did the review for the AEW Rampage. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. But then he got into the WWE review of Smackdown. And it was like, eh, you know, just didn't, just didn't sit right for me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, AEW had an hour to do some stories and you were perfectly fine with that shit. SmackDown gave you two hours and you were like, it didn't really do anything for me. Like, the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, and this is what I'm starting to realize is like, just like everything in life, we make up what we want to, we make up the stories for what we want to support. My thing is this, when you sit here and tell everybody that you are all wrestling fans and you love wrestling, but then and scream that to not to make this a tribal thing. 
but then you get on your shit, and then five seconds later, this WWE for AEW, where AEW is having the same fucking problems WWE is having. That's what the fuck I get pissed off about, because, listen, I am not against AEW. Again, I'm starting to realize what Stephen A. Smith say when he's like, I have no problems with the Cowboys. It's the fan base. And that's kind of what I'm starting to realize. I don't have a problem with AEW. I love all the wrestlers there on AEW. Most of them are wrestlers I grew up on. Daniel Bryant, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, Edge now is there, Christian's there, the Hardy Boys are there. I grew up on a lot of those wrestlers, man. RVD was on there a couple months ago. I grew up on these wrestlers, man. Sting. I grew up on Sting. Sting is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I love what AEW has tried to create. The problem with this is when you sit up here and try to say that AEW is just as great as WWE, what is great about it? Because everything you love about AEW, you loved about ECW. You loved about WCW. I loved about Impact. So when I was, I was not back and forth with someone, but because I pretty much killed them with this shit, but I was like, dude, I was like, I literally said that. I said, every time I get on here and I watch you guys, you say AEW is amazing. But then we go to the WWE shit, you say, it's fine. It wasn't for me. What the fuck? So somebody commented on my comment and said, because WWE sucks. I said, if that's the case, why is AEW trying so hard to be like them? Which you can't deny because every, and this is one thing about, the, but this is what I said. So, dude went back and said something. He said, um, no, they're not. And then that's what he said. He said, no, AEW's not. They're not trying to be WWE. And I was like, oh, really? So, why does every time WWE, why does every time AEW have a storyline, major storylines are pretty much predicated off of what WWE did? Every massive superstar they got is a WWE superstar. I can't name you one AEW star that isn't of that isn't of wrestling wrestling success outside of maybe MJF, and MJF is gonna probably be in WWE next fucking year. And this is what I'm saying: WCW did the same shit. They went to go get all the big names in WWE. Same thing AEW is doing. Every big name in AEW is a former WWE wrestler: John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, Chris Jericho. Really? Edge now. Christian. Sting. Even though Sting didn't really wrestle for WWE that much. The legacy of WCW, WWE. Pretty much the same. Who else? CM Punk. CM Punk. WCW did the same shit in the 80s when they created WCW. Let's go get all the old WWE superstars and market them. The problem with WCW was you had a lot of young talent that you could have kept pushing. The thing about the AEW that's going to have an AEW, and I'm telling you this shit now because I'm already seeing it, a lot of homegrown talent that feels like they're not getting their just due is going to leave. I've said it once. If your executive vice president, Cody Rhodes, left, the company, the company that he was so happy to create with you, he left. I know what people are going to say when they see this. But Cody Rhodes left because, you know, they weren't pushing him. And they didn't, and he had no real reason to be there anymore. But it is still the man that created the fucking company. And he left. He said, I can't do this shit. Just saying. And then on top of that, you just lost another 
homegrown talent to WWE. Jaden Cargill, who made her debut today, even though she didn't get in the ring, pretty much probably going to make it on Monday night or Friday night, whichever one. Brian Pringham, Pilgrim, son, Brian Pringham Jr. is going to NXT. Like I said, MJF is probably coming to a coming to WWE next year. There's a lot of AEW talent that you're hearing WWE saying that contract's come up in 2024. We're gonna probably try to go get them. And I'm gonna tell you this: I don't think that too many people are going to stay. I don't think too many people are going to stay in AEW because at the end of the day, no matter how many times y'all want to push it, how many times y'all want to scream it, AEW will never be the big leagues compared to WWE. WWE's got too much marketing, too many things they could do for wrestlers that AEW just don't have the fucking resources to do. And my biggest problem with AEW is just like I had with WCW when I was a kid. You can't have a fanboy running the fucking company. Eric Bischoff didn't know shit about wrestling. His main goal was to put WWE out of company, out of business. What is Sonny Khan, what's Sonny Khan's main goal? When you let the ins- the inmates run the asylum, eventually the asylum is just going to be taken over by the inmates. You think you got rid of one because of CM Punk left. And you think, now nah, everything is good. They got too many problems backstage in AEW. Not saying WWE's got their fucking problems fixed because WWE always got problems. But here's the thing. WWE's actually a business, and you know it is. AEW is a very nice company for WWE to look at you. AEW's going to lose their stars to WWE. I'm happy for Edge going to WWE. I mean, AEW. I'm happy for him. I hope he does have all the happiness and success he has in AEW. But as soon as he take the belt off of MJF, what the fuck are y'all going to start screaming? Why y'all took the belt off of AJ, MJF? He was doing great. Why the hell are you putting on this old dude that's going to retire in a year? Why? Because that's all the fuck they know how to do. It's coming. It's coming. I'm having for Edge, man. Ferretto, seriously. Edge came debut last last Saturday, last Sunday on AEW. I'm very happy for him. But I see how Twitter moves when AEW. AEW has 14 matches, so eventually you're gonna have seven to eight of those matches. That's probably gonna be good. But you also have a very Eight of those matches can also be very fucking bad, depending on what the fuck the match is. But my problem with wrestling podcasts is that you don't want us to have a tribal thought process on it, but yet you promote these shows and you sit here and say that AEW, nothing's wrong with AEW, even though you report on it every fucking day and say, well, they're going to figure it out and they're going to get this fixed. And and then you, you shit on WWE. You can't sit here and say, that you love both companies, but then you shit on the one, you shit on one. If you want to shit on both, shit on both. If you want to love both, love both. But don't promote one and say, I love the AEW today. WWE sucked. What, what sucked about WWE? Well, it was just too many promos. Do you not see AEW? The fuck you talking about? Here's what it is. Um, also, if AEW lose this Tuesday to NXT, 
y'all can put that shit in the box because there is no way in hell you're recovering from that. Because then that would show you WWE has way more star power than AEW could ever have. They got way more big names that they could just pull out the hat. When John Cena goes to NXT, no matter what y'all say, John Cena's a name. I love Edge, but there's no way in hell Edge can compete with John Cena and The Undertaker. I don't give a fuck how many matches you put on AEW that night. Undertaker and John Cena, Cody Rhodes, that was a ratings pops, regardless of how you put it. And they might wait to see how AEW is going to do their shit. And they still might kill him. So, listen. In 18 and 49 demos, I know people are going to sit and say, but 18 and 49 demos are adults. And I know people are going to sit and say, well, that's what AEW is trying to aim for. That's great. And I'm happy for them. But let's be real, man. If you don't have the kids to grow up with your product, like the fuck about your product after a while. You can have all the kids in the world. You can have all the 18, 49s. But as soon as you do something they don't fuck with, they're out of it. And they dip it. And plus, on top of that, 18 to 49, we all grew up on Undertaker and John Cena. Good fucking luck with that. Anyway. Again, to it. Like I said, Wrestling Life. WWE Fastline Rate and Review Show. Whew. This pay-per-view was, was pretty good, man. A couple matches, five matches on the card. Um, like I say all the time, if you know how I do this, I go from my least favorite match on the card to my most favorite match on the card. Um, you know, uh, if I have two five-star matches, which I do tonight, I do have two five-star matches, um, I will talk about my least favorite five-star match. Not like it's not my favorite match, but it's just not better than the, the last one. And, um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Um, so, kicking it off, my least favorite match of the night, um, is the triple threat match for the women, WWE's Women's Championship, EO Sky, Asuka, and Charlotte. Some people like it on social media, some people don't, I, I, I like the idea that take Charlotte out the equation. I thought that was a really smart idea. Get her out the equation quickly. Take her out. Um, Oscar spent the miss in her face, which was perfect. Perfect timing. Uh, got the miss in her face. Um, but it didn't, like, matter. I mean, Charlotte still had a an approach to it. I think... When you put a Charlotte in a match for a title, any everybody's going to assume she's going to probably win the fucking match. That's pretty much what you're setting it all up for. Um, but for the most part, I like how WWE let this be a kind of more so a EO Oscar match, and it was supposed to be. Excuse me. It was supposed to be that match, and I think it was a good fucking match. Um, like I said, Charlotte did her thing. Charlotte does what Charlotte does. And... It was a decent match. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't one hundred percent love it. I didn't think it was a great match, but it was what I th- I expected. Um, you could not have Charlotte beat Io Sky. That is one thing I think a lot of people. You could not have Charlotte win the title back. Like she just, I like the fact that Triple H isn't giving Charlotte the same Vince McMahon treatment, where it's like if Charlotte's in a match with the title, you gotta give it to her. 
I like the fact that they're like, nah, fuck that. Triple H is like, no, we don't. We don't have to give her shit. We could just let her be in the match, boost the match up, but then not give her the title. This is two times now Charlotte's been in a title match. It's been a triple threat match, but she's been in a title match for the title, and she's lost it. And not only did she lose it, she didn't even get – well, she did get pinned. She got pinned in this match. I'm trying to think. No, Oscar got pinned by Bianca in the in that in that SummerSlam match. But I like the fact that they're like putting Charlotte in the match, but like letting her lose. And on top of that, like I said, I, Charlotte is the one that got pinned tonight. So I hope the next time we see EO fight for the fight is gonna be Oscar one on one for the title, even though they fought already. But here's the problem with that. That I think here's the thing. EO's gonna probably turn on Bailey. I don't think Bailey's gonna turn on EO. I think because Bailey knows she needs EO to stay kind of relevant, I guess, in a sense, even though that's Bailey and she can figure it out. But I think EO's gonna turn on Bailey because eventually EO's gonna wanna call a shot. And as long as Bailey's the so called leader of the, you know, damage control, she's never gonna be able to call her shots. And so eventually she's gonna want out. And I think she's gonna turn on Bailey, which is gonna create the rivalry we've been waiting to see EO versus Bailey, which is going to be pretty interesting to see what they're going to do with Dakota, Dakota Kai, because technically she's still out, but hopefully she comes back in a couple of, of months. Um, but yeah, that'd be pretty interesting to see how that goes. And I think by the time i am be honest, I think EO Sky keeps the title to WrestleMania and I think they have a triple threat match damage control. EO Sky, Bailey and uh, Dakota Kai for the, for the women's championship. I actually think that's going to be the, the match at WrestleMania. And it's also, you don't have to really put that as a WrestleMania main event, and it saves you. So I think it kind of, I think that's what's going to actually happen. I think it saves them, plus people will want to see all three of them fight for the title. So, yeah, I think I think that's going to happen. But all in all, I thought the match was okay. I thought it was decent. I thought it was, uh, you can't really have a great, uh, okay, I can't say that. A triple threat match is hard to do regardless, but it's even harder when you have somebody like a Charlotte in the match because if somebody's not there to overpower her, she can just overpower everyone. And that's kind of what has happened. But I thought this match was decent. I gave it three stars. I like the ending, so I might bump it up to three and a half. I, I gave it three stars. I'll bump it up to three and a half stars. thought the ending was pretty decent. Barely saved EO, show EO. Like, I got your back no matter what. And that's why I think... They're going to uh, eventually, EO's going to eventually turn on Bailey because she's tired of Bailey always butting the fuck in. I think people think it's going to be Bailey that turns on EO. I think it's going to be EO turns on Bailey. So, yeah. The next match, I did give three and a half stars. Um, and it was the LWO versus Bobby Lashley in the Street Profits. I gave it three and a half stars. Um, all in all, Colito's back. <laughs> Carlito's back. Uh, excuse me. Um, I actually thought the the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley should have won this match. Um, I get it. You know, sense of surprise coming out of nowhere. Carlito being a surprise partner. Um, which WWE has signed Carlito for a while now, but. Nobody had known when he knew when he was coming back. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought kind of I thought Bobby Lashley and Street Profit should have won this. I don't know what they're gonna do now with them because they lost this match. I don't know if Bobby Lashley's gonna take it out on them or what. 
Or maybe they run it back on SmackDown. It'd be another six man tag. It'd be Kalito, you know, Ray and um, you know, Escobar. Maybe Escobar says, I don't need this shit. I'm out this hole. Because now you bought in somebody that I can't get past either. So I don't know. But I thought all in all, man, it was a handicap match. So they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Beat the shit out of Ray and, and, and Santos Escobar. They were supposed to beat the hell out of them, and that's exactly what they did. Um, one thing I think this match did show is Bobby Lashley is going to probably have to put Montez, Montez Ford in his place because he got too arrogant, too cocky. And I think Bobby Lashley, that's going to be the one thing he's going to tell him. When you in the ring with me, and you're in a match with me, you better be goddamn focused. And I think that's what's going to really make the Street Profits finally turn into a hill because they kind of was a little bit too cocky. They were still playing too much. I think you're gonna see that in SmackDown. So that's probably why also I gave it three and a half stars because I see what's gonna happen. And that's Bobby Lashley just getting on their ass and telling them, hey bro, that shit is gotta go. That clowning shit is dead. You better not do that ever again in a match when you are with me. And you represent me, you better not ever do that again. And I think that's gonna gonna fully turn them heel. And I'm looking forward to it. This match, now, again, like I said, I got two five-star matches, but I did give one really close to a five-star, but I gave it four and a half stars, and that is the match, John Cena and L.A. Knight versus the Bloodline, Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. A standard John Cena match, especially tag team match, John Cena got his ass whooped for most of the match. Um, um... Either John Cena or the partner gets their ass whooped, and then John Cena tags in or the partner tags in. So, it's exactly what I expected. Um, John Cena took a beating in this match. Uh, Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso beat down John Cena, which they supposed to do. Um, LA Knight got the hot tag, and it was on after that. Um, I love the fact that it's LA Knight that picked up this victory. Jimmy Uso sold the shit out the B the BFT or the BD whatever the guy like the blunt first trauma so it's BFT I guess the blunt first trauma Jimmy Uso if you watch that shit he hit him with it and Jimmy Uso just he he took it he knew it, like he flipped he like flopped three times and shit <laughs> it was awesome man um. I thought the match was great. I think, like I said, it was a John Cena match. It was John Cena getting his ass whooped, building it, building it, building it. He knew what the people was going to want. They want LA Knight. Let's build it. Let's build it. Let's build it. And then when he got in the ring, you couldn't tell people nothing. It was on and popping. Um, LA Knight is one of those guys, man, that you, you, you're rooting for, man. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Like I said, I don't want to see him fight Roman Reigns right now. That'd be stupid. To put your best fucking person in the company who's self-made, to put him in the in with pretty much a guy he's never going to beat. But if you keep building him the right way, whoever be whoever goes to SmackDown after the after the WrestleMania forty, if it's Cody or if it's a Set Gunther or CM Punk, if he comes back. Whoever wins the World Champion and they go to SmackDown, LA Knight could be the first challenger and anything could happen. But I think you still need to build LA Knight up to be a championship. Hell, I'll give him the U.S. championship, which is even better for me, you know. So 
yeah, I thought this match was incredible, man. I thought it was a good match. Like I said, built it up. Solo Sokoa showing that he is... What he showed you for the last couple of times he's been in the ring, he's been in a tag team situation with one of the Bloodline members, Roman Reigns, Night of Champions, and then uh, Money in a Bank. He's starting to take a troll, and he's starting to realize, like, I don't really need you motherfuckers. I can do this on my own. So he beat down John Cena pretty most of the damn match. I mean, Jimmy Uso was getting his ass whooped by John for most of the match. But when Solo got in the ring, he slowed the pace down. He made it more methodical, like a Roman Reigns. And I think that that is why so many people that probably don't know, that is why I think, and I'm going to continue to say this, Solo is going to be the one that calls Roman Reigns the title. This is why I say this. You can like it, you can hate it, you can lo- I don't give a shit, but Solo is going to be the one that calls Roman Reigns the title. Watch what happens. Like I said, I got two matches that are in my top that I gave five stars to. Both are title matches. So let's get into it. So coming in at number, the, the first of my five star matches. Is the Judgment Day versus Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships? Now, I gave this four and a half stars first, but then I thought about it and I'm like, man, now nah, the ending, the way the match ended, the way it was, how great it was, the impact, everything. I thought this match was amazing, so I gave it five stars. I bumped it up to a five star. Um, You can't have a bad match with the Judgment Day. I'm starting to realize this. Even though people hate on them now on social media, join the train. I've been on that fucking train since I was since they were with Edge. But the Judgment Day has matured and grown into an actual faction that is actually fucking good. And now I don't know what Triple H's announcement is going to be set Friday night. Maybe it is to de- de- deliver new tag team championships to SmackDown and have one particular set of titles just on Raw for the tag team titles, which I've been saying for a while, that's kind of what you need. It's been too long now that we've had women's titles in the in the main titles. Both have a separate brand, but yet the tag team titles are the only ones that can still jump from brand to brand. That's kind of the dumbest shit ever. So if this is true, because technically Cody Rose and Jey Uso now technically can go to SmackDown, which is kind of the reason for why you don't want them on SmackDown, is to prolong the Bloodline storyline. It wouldn't make sense to have Jay and Dakota Rhodes on SmackDown, now would it? For the Bloodline storyline, right? Because if that is the case, what if the Bloodline says they want to fight them for the tag team titles? Now, how you prolong the story when they beat them? Doesn't make any sense. Or they beat them. You know, the Bloodline beats Cody and, and Jay. Now they're the tag team title champions. What's the point? So, I do think Triple H might be on Raw, and he might announce that there's new tag team titles on Raw, and it says he's going to SmackDown. He's going to do the same thing on SmackDown, but I could definitely see it happening. I'm not going to sit here. This is like, this is how funny it is. This is how crazy this is. This is the second straight pay-per-view because the title change changed that payback. This is the second straight pay-per-view. The titles have changed hands. The tag team titles have changed hands. When the titles have to change hands, think about this shit. The tag team titles have changed hands more times in the last two months. In the last month. 
than in the last two years. That's fucking nuts. The Usos won the tag team titles at Money in the Bank in 2021. Yeah. Yeah, the Usos won the titles in 2021. They didn't lose the titles to this year's WrestleMania. That's two fucking years. Kevin Owens and Sammy had the belts since WrestleMania, and they lost them at Payback. The titles just got lost tonight. That is, that is the, the titles have changed hands twice. The tag team titles have changed hands now twice. They have changed more times. The tag team titles have now changed hands two times, two times more than it's changed hands in the last two fucking years. The Usos had them titles for two fucking years. The titles have now changed hands twice in one month. That's crazy. But I thought the match was incredible. The ending was amazing. Um, they keep toying this shit. I don't know if this is a Triple H thing or a Vince. I don't fucking know anymore. But J.D. McDunham has been trying to be in the Judgment Day. 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 And he just can't get a break. And Damian Priest is like not trusting him. Not trusting him. And then tonight, he cost him the damn tag team titles. <laughs> And I like the fact that they went into the end of the, the night and was like, Damian Priest was like, I'm not leaving out of here empty fucking handed. I'm cashing in this tie. I'm cashing in the contract. I'm winning this belt tonight. And they're like, dude, you're not even healthy. You can't even walk. Like, you can't go out there and fight Seth. Even if Seth is banged up, or Shinsuke, you can't go out there and fight these men. You're going to lose. I don't know when they're going to cash in the money in the bank briefcase. To be honest with you, I don't know. It could happen next next pay-per-view, which is... uh uh. Crown Jewel, it can happen next pay-per-view. I don't know. November 4th is the next one. So they can cash in then. I don't know what they're going to do. But I do know this. Jimmy Uso and Cody being a tag team. I saw a lot of people being like, well, that's pretty fucking crazy. That's pretty shocking. What the fuck? I think it's actually a good thing. Judgment Day now has a, a real riff in the Judgment Day again. First, it was Dominic Mysterio not having a North American championship, which he's going to probably get it back. But now, you get back to what's the problem. Damian Priest not trusting J.D. McDonough. And this is Finn's best friend. Uh, Finn's, you know, it's kind of funny. Because, I'm sorry, because like the NXT UK, I remember when NXT UK was. And J.D. McDonough had challenged uh, some dude, and he took him out. So the general manager at the time was like, I got somebody just for you, just for you. And it was in England, it was in Ireland. Yeah, it was like in Dublin. And JD was like, okay, who who I'm fighting? And it was Finn Balor. So it's funny how, so Finn's pretty much been like a mentor to JD McDonough. For all these years, and JD's been trying to get in the judgment day, trying to get in the judgment day, trying to get in the judgment day. And now, the real problem for what the judgment day was before they started winning all these championships is back. Damian Priest don't trust JD McDonough. Finn Balor has to now probably keep his distance from JD McDonough or support him regardless of how Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and that Dominic Mysterio kind of don't like him because they that he just screwed them out of the tag team titles. 
And maybe Monday night they go and they have another match, but that's a pretty interesting sign of what the fuck WWE is going to be in the next couple of weeks going forward. But I thought the match was incredible. I thought it was a hell of a match. I like the the Cody the Cody one D. <laughs> Cody Cutter. What are we gonna call it? The Cody Cutter one D. The the Cody Cutter one D. Like that was that was pretty cool. The Cutter one D. I mean, it's something. You go ahead and call. You got to figure out a name for it. the Cutter one D. I think it should be called the Cutter one D. Um, but yeah. Um, but it was an incredible match. But just not beating the match of the night to me, and that is the five star match of the night. My favorite match of the night. Come on, you know it's gonna be this man. Set freaking Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura, the last man standing match for the World Heavyweight Championship. I know some people that's gonna. I, do I know? I already seen on social media, Twitter, well X, everybody already getting absolutely mad and saying, "How the hell is that gonna win a title? How you gonna keep the title? Shinsuke is gonna. They ain't never gonna push Shinsuke." Really? Because the last couple of days on social media, on X, you niggas been talking about how Seth Rollins should fight CM Punk at WrestleMania. Now, they ain't never going to push Shinsuke. Seth should This is my problem with people. If Shinsuke be set, who's he fighting first? A heel world heavyweight champion. Who's he fighting? Ricochet? If he takes Seth out, who is Shinsuke fighting? Cody's got the tag team title, so Cody's out the equation. And Cody wants to fight Roman, so he's out the equation. Who's he fighting? Who's he fighting? Jey Uso? Well, Jey Uso is the tag team champion now. Who's he fighting? Drew McIntyre's about to be a heel. Who's he fighting? David Priest going to cash in on, on, on Shinsuke? Because that's the only other way I could see that night ending. But I see people like, oh my God, Seth won a belt. Seth is the best fucking wrestler in the company. The problem with this is, and here's the thing, I love Shinsuke. I think Shinsuke has always been one of the greats. I actually thought Shinsuke should have won a title when he first got into WWE. When he got to the main roster. He won the Royal Rumble. He should have beat AJ Styles at WrestleMania 34. I thought that he should have beaten him. Another thing, he should have beaten Jinder Mahal when Jinder Mahal was the champion. And they fucked up with that. But to sit here and say Shinsuke should have beat Set tonight. Who does he fight after the fucking win? Y'all are so ready to just to crown a motherfucker. Who was he fighting afterwards? What's the story afterwards? Who was he fighting? Because you continue to say this shit every time I see. Y'all was like, Finn should win a title. And here's the thing. I should agree with y'all. I thought Finn should have won a title at SummerSlam. I thought he should have won. I'm not going to lie. But if they were going to keep the Judgment Day in a friction, he should have won. But the fact that they didn't, and they gave them this new persona, it didn't make any sense. Again, who the fuck is Shen going to fight first? Because if Seth's on the shelf... Technically, right? If Seth's on the shelf, who is Shinsuke fighting? On Raw, by the way. Excuse me. There ain't that many great challengers on Raw. Cody, Cody's got his own storyline with the bloodline. So what? Kevin Owens? Sami Zayn? Y'all gonna be screaming for one of them to beat him. 
Oh my God, Sammy should be Shinsuke. It's like the obvious choice. Oh my God, Kevin Owens should be Shinsuke. It's like the what the f- who wins? Like who does this man fight next? Because everybody that you have in a scenario, you're gonna want the next person to beat him. So Shinsuke wins the belt. Then who the fuck does he fight? Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Next pay per view, you're gonna be screaming. They should beat Shinsuke. So what the fuck's the point? At least we're set. We know what the storyline is going to be. We know where it's going next. Y'all are just trying to create shit. Just to create shit. Because y'all just want the pop. Y'all just want the viral moment. Y'all just want to feel it. But y'all not thinking long term. And that's the fucking problem. All in all, this match was incredible, man. This is what you're supposed to have. Shinsuke did exactly what he did at Payback. Work set Rollins back. This was a last man standing match. I also saw a lot of people being like, oh my God, they made this match so Roman Reigns. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I thought this match was incredible. It was the best match you could have asked for for a set in a Shinsuke. Incredible battle, man. Shinsuke did everything in this in this in this night to be the champion, but not to win the belt. And I think that's exactly what the fuck you were supposed to do. Build him up. It is not a problem to actually build someone up. Build him up. I have no problems with WWE building Shinsuke to fuck up, man. This is a great thing. Maybe he beats Gunther. Maybe he does beat Seth. But you have to build a true worthy competitor for the next stage. Because, yes, he lost tonight. But at least we know Shinsuke is a player now. And let's say, like I said, after WrestleMania, what happens? Somebody's going to have to be a challenger. Somebody's going to have to get get shuffled into something. What if he goes to SmackDown and he becomes the next number one contender and he actually wins the belt? But y'all have to continuously build Shinsuke. Y'all like, get the belt on Shinsuke now. Shinsuke hasn't even been officially 100% fully into this heel turn yet. It's only been a month, two months. And y'all like, put the belt on him. Oh my God, put the belt on him. I don't know why. Because there's no reason to. Shinsuke is getting built into another worthy challenger after it's all said and done. But y'all don't see that because you just see green. And you're just like, oh, my God, I feel the emotion now. Just make him the number one contender. Make him the champion. Make him the champion. There's a reason why Gunther is the champion, has been a champion for so long, because they actually built him right. Shinsuke. Shinsuke is a hell of a competitor, has always been. But to sit here and tell me he should have beat set and take the belt from him with no real plan of action after he beats him, what is the point? With set, you know you have a workhorse, you know you got a guy that can at least bring out the emotion in his other competitors, and you know you got at any moment the money in the bank cash in at any time you need it if set really is hurt. But y'all rushing the screen. Just give Shinsuke the fucking belt. It's ridiculous. Set won this match. 
I'm very happy he won this match. Like I said, they did exactly what they're supposed to do. Built Shinsuke up, make him feel like he is that damn good and he's that fucking talented. And at any moment, he can just beat Set. But then have Set win the match. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. Shinsuke has... Here's the thing. Set rose at like nine. And that was it. Set rose at like nine. The, beat the count. It wasn't like Set just stood over Shinsuke. He rose at nine. So there is a fair comparison to say Shinsuke could have fucking won this match. And maybe at Crown Jewel, y'all get y'all wish. Shinsuke probably beat Set at Crown Jewel. But all in all, man, this was a great pay-per-view. I actually thought it was a really good pay-per-view. The matches I expected to kind of be a little bit flat and kind of have a little bit more of a, I don't know, towards it. It was. And the matches I expected to be great was great. We got what we wanted. Like I said, next pay-per-view is Crown Jewel, uh, November 4th. And then Survivor Series is November 25th. So I got two Wrestling Life's uh, rating review shows coming up soon. But other than that, man, this is Brandon Janu. Um, you guys enjoy this. Till next time, Wrestling Life, rating review show, WWE Fastlane, and I'm out. Peace.